everybody. Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm so glad you're tuning in, whether it's your first time ever listening to Vantage Point or you've been here before. Man, I hope you've enjoyed everything we've done since coming back in June. We've been in our Persons of Interest Summer Takeover series. We kicked it off with our next-gen uh, episodes, and then we went into Jesus and Therapy, and now we're in our extended stay version of Persons of Interest Summer Takeover, where we've been talking about faith and culture with our special guest, Candidly Kia. And before you even go, keep going on this episode, if you haven't heard the last two, I would encourage you to go back and listen to parts one and two, because it's literally a continuation of one entire episode broken down over three weeks. And so today is part three. I want you to tune in, lock in, and get ready for part three, Faith and Culture with Candidly Kia what you're saying is true and I think that's the point that I'm trying to get at so thank you for hearing me through my fluff because I know I took a a while to get there but that's exactly what I was just saying I just I I think what you're saying is so true right like when we talk about like this truth and love and I think what people don't hear is that it's transformative for all of us like as disciples of Christ we literally give up ourselves to follow him and I think that anybody who has an issue with being told what to do, so to speak, right? Who has an issue with saying, I have to give up all of who I am. I think that that narrative to some people sounds so religious. Like it sounds so um, restrictive. You know what I mean? Like in a sense where people are like, well, if I have to do that, then I don't want to be a Christian. And then to that, I would say, well, then you would be right. Right. Because I think part of being a Christian is giving up your identity. When Christ called the disciples, it was like, leave all you have and follow me. Right. I just. And so what I think is that when people hear that, that sounds offensive. Right. Like that sounds so uh legalistic that sounds very like uninviting when you say hey we can't change this like we're we're not going to rewrite the text right but what we are saying is that as we ask you to submit like as christians we have to submit ourselves and i think that's where the issue came in that's the point that i want to get back to why the hell fire and brimstone message didn't work is because the people who were preaching it didn't live it themselves and for a long time a lot of things that the church and see i think that christians don't want to admit the ills <laughs> you know what i mean like the things that we have done wrong in church but i'm of the belief that i can still be a christian and see where we have gotten it wrong and also sort of you know point my finger at the church and say hey You guys have, or we haven't always done this right. Like you said, even as a child coming up, you know, you, you, you preaching against, uh, fornication and stuff, but you, the biggest whoremonger in the church. Right. And so I think that the church's card has been pulled a lot in society and no longer are people willing to cover up for what the church has done. And so now we have to present ourselves as authentic, especially with social media and the things that are going on because the church can no longer hide behind a cover. I promise you, this is also the thing that God has revealed to me. God is like, I'm coming to clean up house, right? Because I do need an authenticity that's going to draw people into me and no longer am I willing to cover the things that the church has done. Why? Because it has torn the church apart. And if the church is supposed to be the answer for the world, how can we be the answer for the world when we are the problem? 
And the issue is, is that we, I feel that we cannot literally have the impact that we have on the world today is because the church is sick. So the sick can't heal the sick. The sick has to be healed. But if we're taking so much time to heal the diseases that we have opened the door for, then that diminishes our impact because we're trying to heal our own selves. Does that make sense? And so a lot of times it's like, well, the church is losing its impact. Why? Because nobody takes the church seriously because of all the shenanigans and things that we have allowed to come in it. And so until we as a church begin to rectify and remedy the things that we have done, again, allowing people to operate in positions that in behind closed doors are not living what they should be living, that's a problem, right? And I'm not talking about we are all sinners, right? But we're talking about lifestyles. Like, come on, Nick, like we've grown up in church. Like we know, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. And and so we kind of look at the world as like, well, uh, in a negative way when they sort of uh, make these claims and charges against the church. But it's like, if the truth be told, we have all been gatekeepers on the things that the church has been allowed to do. And because of that, this is what we have today. Nobody takes us seriously, right? And so I, I do that think that there's a repentance that the church has to have in order for it to have impact again. And until, and if we are straddling the fence and straddling in the line, then how can we bring the standard to the world? And we're supposed to be a light. We can't be a light in darkness when we're being influenced by the darkness and the darkness is looking at us like, well, how can you tell us to be light when you don't look different from me? And I think that's my whole thing when it comes to faith and culture, like hear me um, body of Christ, hear me by the spirit of God. Like we have to realign ourselves with what God has intended for us as believers. Right. It says like, so let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your father or my father, which is in heaven. Like what they see us, us do is also that it can point back to who? To Jesus, right? And so if, if, if we continue to compromise, if we continue to, and I think, and here's the other point. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I think the ten, the reason why we, move to hyper grace messages is because we didn't want to be held accountable. And so by very prescript of the scripture of the scripture that says, excuse me, that says, you know, you cannot judge unless don't judge unless you shall be judged, but the measure of judgment in which you judge someone else, you will be judged, right? So by very context of that scripture, I cannot judge someone with the same measure of judgment unless I have held myself to that own judgment. And this is why it says before you pull out the beam in somebody else's eye, make sure you, um, or the speck in someone else's eye, make sure you pull out the beam in your eye, right? Like you cannot, it's, that scripture has been used erroneously, right? It's not saying you can't judge, but what it is saying is you can't judge me while you're still blind. You can't tell me to get the speck out of my eye and until you get the beam out of your own. And so what has happened is instead of getting the beam out of our eye as a church, as Christianity, we have tent, we have moved to a hyper grace message because guess what? I have not held myself accountable for the things that I do. So how can I hold you accountable for the things that you're doing? So instead of doing that, I'm going to, instead of doing that, I'm going to preach a gospel of inclus inclusivity and God loves all because behind closed doors, I'm also not willing to address and let go of my own vices in the name of Jesus. <laughs> no, you that look that that is spot on, and I think 
you know, even to sum up what all you said, like I think you you called it out right. There's a there's a there's a level of Ill, illness and sickness in the church that the church has to address um, in its own sin, and I think that's I I think the I, I think the biggest reason why church is gets the bad rap it's yes there are negative there's there's sins in church right not every no church is perfect nobody in church is perfect everybody has a past everybody has a story i think the Mm -hmm. difference is why i think the difference in how culture responds to the church is and this could be a double-edged sword too i'm just gonna Mm -hmm. put it out there Mm -hmm. is does the church acknowledge what it does Mm -hmm. number one and does the church speak on what it does? Or does the church act as if we didn't do anything wrong? We're not doing anything wrong. We're mm-hmm. we're above that. No, Pastor, you're not. You you're just as flawed as me. You just yeah. wear a robe and stand in front of people and preach. That's the difference. <laughs> right? But you still have fault. You still are 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 no better than me. But I think it's also a double-edged sword because you've seen pastors get on stage and share their story and bridge the gap with culture like wow they're just like me but we fail to come back to that same culture that we shared our story with and say hey but yes i'm i might be like you I, i i have these flaws and i'm not perfect but it's not me that changed me it's the god it's god who i serve that helped me see these things differently. Yeah. And it's God in me that changed me. Oh, I'm not perfect. I've not always been like this. This ain't been me, but Mm -hmm. I have to tell you that part of the story too. Like I have to share both sides of the story because if I don't, then you, you would think that I'm just like you and I'm always like you. And this is what happens. And it's okay because God loves me just the way I am. No, no, no. God still challenged me to change. Mm-hmm. He still challenged me to do better. It still cost me some stuff on the mess that I did. Like, let's talk mm-hmm. about that. Part. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's still true. cost. It's still, mm-hmm. I still paid a price for my sin. Mm-hmm. Ask yeah. David how that went. Okay. David lost a whole son. <laughs> right. Like, I, right. I've just been so enthralled with the life of David of late. But me too. <laughs> he he literally like lost a whole son, created a mm-hmm. whole soap opera, had a man killed, coveted his <laughs> wife, did all of this stuff in the time of war when he's supposed to be the king. He did all of this, and God still said, "He's yeah. a man after my own heart." Yeah. What? That's good. <laughs> yeah. That don't make no sense. Yeah. But oftentimes God does not make sense to us. Yeah. But he knows like the said, heart of people. Okay, right, right. And so I right. think that's where as the church and our faith has to not align, but we have to be unified in how we approach culture. Because like yes. you said, if somebody, if, if culture will call out the church faster than the church will call out the church. Because okay. here's the deal. <laughs> culture knows they... they I would say it the wall, Lord. I was about to say something, but the culture no mess when they see it. Okay, that part. Culture knows mess because they in mess. They know. Right. They, they, right. they, they have right. full vantage point of 
what it is. Like, oh, yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You ain't never did nothing wrong, Pastor. Never. Ever. In your whole life. You ain't never cursed. You ain't right. never fornicated. You ain't never sinned. Right. Wow. Right. You must be Jesus. Right. Because that's the only brother I know that ain't never sinned. So right. it, it goes into that space. And so I'm so glad you said that. And, and that really like even goes into this last question, which I feel like we've answered already, to be honest. <laughs> but like the encouragement you would give to people, specifically Christians, right? Who look at culture with no hope and no faith. Like they don't even see it. They just look at culture with, they don't, they say they have the lens of God on, but when they look at culture, they don't see, you know, that hope. Because I know, like, I'll give my example. Like, when I see certain things in culture, like, I see, like, yeah, but they can be so much better. And it don't mm -hmm. have to be, mm -hmm. like, the worst thing in the world. It could be mm -hmm. somebody just not in church. They don't really know God like that. They just mm -hmm. out here just being in culture, right? They just do it. But you see they influence. And it reminds yeah. me of disciples when God was like, when Jesus saw them, it was like, hey, man, you, I see what you're doing over there. You should come with me. I can have you do that over here. You can, you fishing for fish, but I'll have you fish for men. Yeah. And it will change lives. Like, and so <laughs> I, I'm just curious as we close it out, like what, what encouragement would you give the pe people of faith, the church in general? Um, so can I answer that by asking you a question really quickly? Sure. If if somebody said to you they could change your life, right? And they said, hey, I see you're a fisherman. Let's go back, you know, to Jesus and the disciples. Mm -hmm. And Jesus walks up to the disciples and he says, hey, I'm a fisherman too. I got my boat over here. You know, I've been uh, trying to fish all day, this, that, and the third. You know Jesus, right? You you guys from the same town. Um, <laughs> you know, you guys are both fishermen, carpenters, whatever the case might be. And then Jesus is like, hey, I want you to drop everything and follow me. And um, I'm going to change your life. And you, <laughs> you know Jesus. And you're looking at Jesus and, you know, you're like, but, but you're a fisherman just like me. Would you leave everything you have to follow someone who's doing the same thing that you're doing, even though they're promising you a different life? Mm. And so to that, I, I'm pretty sure you're probably, you would be skeptical, right? I'm, I'm literally asking you, it's not a rhetorical question. Like I'm mm -hmm. asking you, Nicholas, would you, would you do that? Yes or no? You know, I, I think as you say that, and, and I think anybody, um, I know I've, I've, I've had that question asked, you know, in a different way, of course. Um, but it, it's not an easy yes to give. Right. It, it's because, not an easy yes to give. Right. And it, it, to me, that goes with like anything and I'm, and I'm answering your question, it, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that goes with anything of just like, we, we see these memes and different things going around and saying like, how are you going to? Follow someone or take advice from someone who doesn't even know like where they're going, right? Mm 
And mm-hmm. so I'm saying all that to say is like I if somebody's like, hey, leave your home, leave this, that, whatever. And and if I didn't look at that person as able to change my world, to to set me on a different course, like what makes why should I follow you? Right? Like if I have no evidence that your life <laughs> is so much different than mine, why would I follow you? So yeah. to answer your question, the advice I would give. That's the advice I would give. People see a sermon before they hear it any day. And so we impact the world around us in our sphere of influence by the things we decide to do and by the things we don't decide to do. And I also did a video on this before of just like convictions don't have to be loud always, right? Because sometimes it's not what you say yes to, it's what you say no to. So when we talk about the church and Christians individually, how how do we impact? That was your question, right? Like, how can we mm-hmm. impact culture? Um, or what advice would I give? Is that it starts with yourself. I think so many times that we, we are trying to make these big changes in the world where we need to make the big changes within us. And once we do that, once we are squared away, once we are aligned, once people can truly see that difference and that we are offering something other than what the world has to offer, then I think that it would be less of a struggle to get them to follow us or to be a Christian or, and then, you know, again, there's that double edged sword of transparency, right? Where the world is like, y'all act like y'all better and they want to see our humanity. But then when we show humanity it's like, I thought you were supposed to be a Christian. Right. And I think, that's why we cannot be swayed by culture or by man, but we have to be rooted and grounded in the word of God. Like that's always going to be my answer. That's always going to be my focus. That's always going to be my point to what does the word of God tells us. And as believers, as believers, Nicholas, if we are living a life that is pleasing to God, where others can see our light, like trying to get them would be less work. And so my answer simply is the work has to begin in us. I'm never going to be an advocate for changing something on the outside of me without making the change on the first, on the inside, without first making the change on the inside, you know? And until we truly get convicted, until we truly are repenting, until we truly, as believers and as the church, um, begin to have this inward transformation and and truly submit ourselves to God and 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 live our lives in a way that's pleasing to him and hold our own selves accountable, right? I don't think that we can expect anything from culture. I don't think so. And I don't think that we have a right to ask them to do so. No, I, you you are so spot on and I think that's such a honestly practical answer and I think it's like <laughs> It's probably not the answer people wanted to hear, but <laughs> it's the answer they needed to hear. Like, and can I answer? Can I answer yeah. one mm-hmm. one thing? Sure. So one of the and you know why I say this, Nicholas, because one thing that I always tell like my listeners, and again, I don't have a big um, audience. I'm growing. I just started creating my content in February, but I started off with my testimony. And what I tell people is because I'm most people would probably see my teachings as conservative, and I'm just like, no, I'm just. I'm just the word of God, right? Like, here's what it is, because guess what? 
I had to eat it first, right? And I start, I pinned my testimony at the top of my page because I wanted to start with my testimony. What I tell people is, is that the very word that I preach is the very word that I'm bound by, right? So no matter what Kia wants to do, if it goes against God, I can't, like, I literally cannot do it and expect for me to preach to other people what to do. But what I started off with is my message of, guess what? I was having sex outside of marriage, right? I, I come from, um, I was molested when I was younger. I have, you know, daddy issues. My dad wasn't so present in various stages of my life. And so I related to men in a very toxic way. Like in me trying not to become the girl that was looking for love in all the wrong places, guess what I actually became, right? And it didn't matter how much I loved God, how much I knew what my call was. And of course I knew that the enemy, right? Because we also have to always keep in mind that there's a spiritual warfare going on, right? And so I know he wanted to use that to taint and prohibit me from reaching everything that God created me to be. But until I had, I tell the testimony of like, I had a literal come to Jesus moment where I was still trying to blame all of my actions on my trauma. And in the moment in my living room, after so many 30 plus years, Nicholas, of being saved and in the church, and even after accepting my call to preach at 21, I want to say that December of last year is where I marked my true moment of salvation. Because how many know that we have a story, but then there's our true story, right? Like, and so my thing is like in my living room, I was crying out to God. I was dealing with a God that I shouldn't have been dealing with. And I found myself in the same situation again. And I'm like, God, why is this happening? Like, you know that I love you. Why do you keep letting me be these guys? And you know, I want to be married. And if you, you know what I mean? If you have marriage for me, why am I not meeting the right one? If you know, I'm going to have a propensity to fall and slip and sin because, you know, I, I have these daddy issues and I'm still trying to figure things out and all this trauma, da, 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 da. Nicholas, I was going through all of that, right? Case in point, God, Brings me to the scripture of Ezekiel when he's like, hey, the children will no longer pay, you know, for the father's sins and the father, fathers will no longer pay for the children's sins or whatever. But he had it. I had this moment like this David and Nathan moment where God was like, you are the man. And I literally had to, like, repent. Does that make good sense? Like, I literally had to be like, God was like, you can blame your, your mama, your daddy, the rock, the river, the leaf. But at the end of the day. I'm still going to hold you accountable. And it was in that moment that I said, like, David, like, God, I am the man, right? And I literally had a moment in my living room where I don't know how many hours it was, but I repented and I said, God, you're right this whole time. Like, how can I say I love you and I don't keep your commandments? Like, how can I truly say that I'm called by you and different things? Like, are you not God enough even to me overcome my trauma. And yes, I did therapy. So I'm not against therapy and all those things like that. But I'm talking about it takes more than therapy like that true. You know what I mean? Like repentance where I was like, God, you are right. Like I am a sinner. Like I have to stop making excuses. And Nicholas, when I did that, it's like God released me like truly into my ministry now to the point where it's like, okay, God, I know that this is the per turning point of, for me where you're like, now I can use you daughter. Right. Because why you've come to grips with your own sin with your own sin and now you can use that as a launching pad right to help somebody else and until we are able to do that until we have that true transformative power one is going to give me grace and humility to have on somebody else nicholas like the woman caught in adultery to say you know what i am a and was a sinner but guess what that still doesn't mean i'm going to tell you that you're right 
I'm going to tell you that the same God that loved you is the same God that loved me. But guess what? Just like I had to come out of my sin and repent, so are you. But I can't do that until I was willing, able, and took the responsibility of myself to be like, I have to have accountability. I have to repent. And I have to live a life, God, that's peace. No more excuses, right? No more excuses. Well, it was late at night and we just, <laughs> does that make good sense, right? Like, like no more excuses. So I, again, I just wanted to add that in there of just like, I don't want anyone to hear me as being condemning because the same thing that I'm telling you guys to do as my advice is the same thing that I had to do. And until I did that, God literally is like, you, you, you will have no impact. Wow. Like you <laughs> pretty much just literally, and I'm not even joking when I say this, like literally my, my story um, is in that is what oh, you God. just said. Like just having <laughs> to come to grips with my own sin and what it cost me. And, and God literally saying, I have to take you on this journey mm-hmm. because there are some things I have that you have to let go in you. Mm-hmm. There's some mindsets you have to let go. And so, uh wow like i i it, this whole episode has been, been just a whole <laughs> a whole vibe a whole thing it's the whole yeah. just everything i wanted it to be right and that's why i really felt like god say extend this another month into this the persons of interest summer takeover and so man kia this has been like that whole just everything that we've talked about everything that you shared your story your your perspective your vantage point uh pun intended on that one but yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, like, I know that as this August month of episodes come out, there's going to be such a a shift in people when they when they hear these episodes and when they hear um, what we're talking about. Because, again, this has always been the heart of Vantage Point is it's not just about the fluff. It's not just about you know, we're going to talk about things. We're going to talk about specific things and something that I told God. Um, and really just pray for and believe for is that when I when I step on this vantage point stage, this pulpit in a sense is I, I don't want to have to repeat anything. I, I don't want and what I mean by that is I don't want anything to be recycled. Mm-hmm. Like I want it to be of different vantage point every time. Whatever we talk about, we could <laughs> we could talk about grace five times and it'd be a different vibe it'd be a different Mm -hmm. flow every single time we talk about it and god has not disappointed we have not reciprocated any messages any episodes that we've done and and he's allowed us to just bring people on people that that i don't know um like for y'all that's listening i don't know kid it's like first time we've talked (laughs) um and and i'm telling you that the god kingdom order that comes in these um yeah. collaborations yeah. Are, are powerful it can only be god yeah. um, only <laughs> only god because i put out the call and people answer and and i'm just grateful uh for for everything and it just as we close out i just want you to share um just how can people connect with you again we're going to have this information in the episode description but i just want you to throw it out there real quick for people Sure. So I'm on all social media uh, platforms. Um, It's at candidly underscore Kia. So candidly with a K, K K-A-N-D-I-D-L-Y underscore Kia, 
K-I-A, and Kia is not short for anything. That is my whole and total name. So at Candidly underscore Kia on Instagram, on TikTok, and I do have a YouTube channel. I also have um, a blog on WordPress. And again, you can find me at Candidly underscore Kia, WordPress.com uh, slash Candidly underscore Kia, where I do uh, blogs. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, yes, like like I said, those that all that information, links, and everything will be in the episode description. Kia, thank you again uh, for, thank for you, being man. with us. And I'm, I, oh, of course, of course. And I'm telling you now, um, I'm I'm gonna tell you something off air because I got <laughs> I got a whole okay. other series that I that I have been trying to do for years, and God is not really giving me. Uh, the green light yet but I think he just did in this conversation and so okay. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, we're gonna talk about another collaboration on that one but okay. um, man I'm telling y'all make sure you share this episode make sure you tune in um, definitely continue 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 seeking insight keys and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God it'll change your world and your life God bless y'all we'll see y'all next week